You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in today. Got a pretty cool episode today. We went back and did a bunch of research uh, on the history of stock market crashes, how many times it does it, what the magnitude is, the whole deal all the way going back to 1928. So it's going to be a really cool podcast. And then we're also going to talk about as we get further into the show, just how bad we are as investors at predicting the next move. And I've got some really interesting stuff to talk about and kind of using State of the Union addresses that presidents have given before as maybe a bellwether as to where the market may or may not go. Because we do have the new State of the Union address coming up at the end of January. So this is kind of timely and fitting for this podcast launch. So the first thing that I want to talk about is our big study that we did. And so we went back and using different resources, uh, myself and my assistant went back and kind of did some analysis on stock market trends and how often the market crashes, right? Because that's what everyone wants to know. Everyone wants to be investing in the market, but they just don't know when it happens, right? And we know we're kind of due. I mean, we haven't had a a significant correction in, in quite a long time. So we're kind of due. We're coming up to the point now where it's starting to get, you know, stocks are really expensive and things are really going crazy. So, you know, when is that next, you know, kind of, uh, you know, coin going to flip and when are we going to be heading lower possibly for, you know, six months to a year? When does that happen? So we went back and we took data from the stock market, the S&P, going back all the way to 1928 and kind of did a bunch of analysis against it. And here's the results of what we found. Now, we'll post all of these inside of the show notes page, which you can find at optionalpha.com slash show 15. So again, just the number 15, optionalpha.com slash show 15. So going back to 1928, we found that almost 90 times stocks fell at least 10%. So 90 times out of the entire trading history, we saw a decline of about 10% in stocks. On average, this means that once every 11 months, we might see a 10% drop in stocks. That's pretty much once a year. And in most cases, we see something very close to that. So if you're a stock investor or an options trader, then you know if you're starting to get through the course of a year and we haven't seen a pretty significant decline that you might want to maybe back off a little bit or get a little bit bearish. This is great for stock investors long term because you know that every single year you should get an opportunity to buy stocks at at least a 10% discount. Now, we also found that almost 41 times stocks fell at least 15%. So this happens once every two years. So while a 10% adjustment in stocks is more regular because it's a smaller adjustment, we start getting up to about a 15% adjustment in stocks. And we can see that that happens every once or two, one or two years. Okay, so probably every every two years now is when that's you know maybe about to happen on average. So that's a pretty cool, interesting stat. About 41 times stocks fell, about 15%, and again that happens once every two years. Now, 21 times out of the entire trading history that we have, going back to 1928, 21 times stocks fell at least 20%. And again, on average, this became an 
an average of about every four years. So you can see that as we increase the magnitude of the drop, the timeline obviously increases. And we know that stocks don't move one directional. We have these big drops that kind of crush the market down. And in this case, a 20% decline, which is really a bear market. I mean, that's what most people classify and say that the market is in a bear market. Uh, one stock starts to decline 20% or once any security declines 20%. That only happens about once every four years. So it doesn't happen all too often. But again, as a long-term investor or as a trader, you know that you have an opportunity to buy up stocks or get bear bullish or bearish, whatever the case is, once you see that type of event happen. Now, the last two are pretty interesting because they start going into kind of crash mode and territory. So a 20% decline and 10 or 15% decline, corrections, bear markets, but we really want to talk about the crashes. When do the big, big, big declines happen? So of the analysis that we found, we found that nine times out of the last history, or the history going back to 1928, nine times stocks fell at least 30% or more. So that means that pretty much once every decade, we saw a pretty big decline in stocks. Now, again, that could probably be pretty true. I mean, we saw decline in the 80s, decline in the 90s, 2000, 2009 was another decline. So we're kind of coming up towards the middle part of this new decade here. And we could see between sometime or now, between now and the end of the decade, a pretty good decline of at least 30%. And that's Again, on average, what might happen? And who knows when that's going to happen, but that's what we see historically. Now, the really interesting stat, I think, and kind of the last one that we found is that only three times in this entire case study that we did, did we see that stocks fell by more than 50%, which means that only a handful of times in your entire lifetime are you going to see stocks fall by more than 50%. So that means that you've got to be uh, at least pretty aggressive in buying stocks when they decline about 10 or 15 or 20 percent. And you may get that one or two opportunities throughout your entire lifetime to really buy stocks at a discount. Okay, so again, if you're a long-term investor. As a options trader, what this means is that if we're buying protection for our portfolio, because we often hear a lot about people buying far out of the money puts to protect against you know that black swan event, that huge market crash. What we often find is that buying those far out of the money puts or buying that extra protection for your portfolio really doesn't do anything because we have such a slim chance of a market crashing that it's not really going to help you and you're kind of wasting your money. So you can stay a little bit bearish or bullish during times, but it just helps give us some perspective on how often things happen. Now, one of the interesting things that we did find in this study is that the magnitude and the frequency of these moves is accelerating. And I think this is a trend that will definitely continue in the future. So because we have so much information uh, in the markets now and with social media and news and internet, things that were happening back in the 1930s and 40s and 50s that took a long time to disseminate across markets is now being brought to the masses instantly. I mean, if something happens or a company files bankruptcy, everybody knows about it. It's on social media. It's on the news. So information is so quickly disseminated in our market that our markets are becoming more and more efficient. And what that means is that when something goes bad, we're going to see a pretty knee-jerk reaction in one way. Or if something goes good, we're going to see a quick knee-jerk reaction the other way. So the magnitude and the frequency of these moves, I believe, are going to start to accelerate, meaning the time frame between crash and boom is going to start to get shorter. 
and the magnitude of the move, whether that's a big decline or a big increase, is going to start to get shorter as well. So as the market becomes more efficient, information gets priced quicker, so the magnitude and the, and the length of these things aren't going to be possibly as long. Okay, And that's just something that we can, can and kind of empirically see on the charts as we were kind of looking and going through the data in preparation for this podcast. Now, one other thing I want to talk about real quick before we get into the closing bell is just this concept that we absolutely have no idea where the markets are going to go. And so even knowing this data just as, as kind of a rolling average on how many times it might crash or go down by 10%, we still have no clue where the market's going to go. And we're actually pretty bad as investors at picking this. I often find that one of the best ways to possibly predict the next move in the market or when it might start to move is to actually look at state of the, state of the union addresses. And so we looked at both the state of the union address for in 2000 by Clinton and in 2009 by Obama. And it's pretty interesting what they both said and what the market did afterwards. Not to say that they influenced the market in any one way or another, but just hearing some of these things might again, help you kind of understand and, and take yourself out of the news and craziness of the media to really gain a better perspective on where things might go. And again, remove yourself from just the average person's thoughts on, on where stocks might go in the future. So in 2000, Clinton said this in his State of the Union address, and I'll kind of paraphrase some of it because I've highlighted it here. He said, we began the new century with over 20 million new jobs, the fastest economic growth in more than 30 years, the lowest unemployment rates in 30 years, the lowest poverty rates in 20 years, the first back-to-back -back budget surplus in 42 years, and next month America will achieve the longest period of economic growth in our entire history. We've built a new economy and our new economy revolution has been matched by a revival in American spirit. Crime is down to its lowest level in 25 years. Teen births are down to seven-year lows. Adoptions up by 30%. Welfare rollouts are cut in half to their lowest level in 30 years. He said at the end, my fellow Americans, the state of our union is the strongest it's ever been. Now this is pretty interesting because he gave the State of the Union address in January of 2000. And between January of 2000, when the S&P 500 was trading at about 1450, and just two years later from this State of the Union address, the S&P 500 had dropped to 800. So it had been cut by 45%. But when you hear the State of the Union, you're thinking to yourself, man, this is the best place to live on earth. And, and, and America is, but at that time, we were so narrow-minded in our thinking with how great the markets were and how strong the economy was. We didn't see you know, the thing behind us that was coming with this dot-com bubble and everything else and housing and all that. So it's just really, really interesting to see that you know, the State of the Union address, as strong as it was, really could have been the top of the market. I think the market kind of topped out you know, four or five months later, but didn't even go much higher than when he actually spoke. Now, on the flip side, we also see that same thing happen in the bottom of markets. So in 2009, Obama gave his state, his state of the Union in January, and this is what he said, again, kind of paraphrasing some of the things that he said and highlighting. One in 10 Americans still cannot find work. Many businesses have shuttered. Home values have declined. Small towns and rural communities have been hit especially hard. And for those who've already known poverty, life has become much harder. The recession has also compounded the burdens that America, America's families have been dealing with for decades. The burden of working harder and longer for less, of being unable to save enough to retire or help kids for college. The state of our union is in trouble. And so when he said those words, it was pretty interesting because, again, you go to the charts and kind of 
overlay that State of the Union speech to what actually happened in the S&P. And you probably know the end of this, but at the time that he gave that speech, the S&P 500 was trading at about 1100. So it had recovered definitely from the bottom, but it wasn't quite up near the highs uh, that it had been in 2000. And in just two and a half years from that date, the S&P 500 went up by 54%. It was trading about 1700. And now it's obviously trading much higher than that. It's now trading up around 2000. So it's it's much higher than that as we kind of continue out. But just two and a half years, the S&P 500 went up by 54%. So a huge move. And again, it sounded like in the State of the Union that things were really, really bad, but we just didn't know what was coming around the corner that you know we were kind of making that turn in the market and we were going to see a lot of economic growth. So it just proves the point, and I just wanted to use these two, again, not to say that you should you know, take whatever Obama says coming up in the State of the Union and trade the complete opposite of it, but you just have to take everything with a grain of salt and, a grain of salt and just realize that we have no freaking clue where the market's going to go, and you've got to trade as non-directional as you can. And so buying stocks or selling stocks I don't think is the way to go. I think Options trading is definitely the way to go because you can be non-directional and still take advantage of moves uh, in the market and inside of a given range. So I think this was a really cool case study. Hopefully it was really helpful to gain some perspective and at least put some numbers around when the market might crash or have a correction. And it might help you in the future as you kind of look towards uh, different types of investments. All right, so let's get into the closing bell and look at a trade in volatility. Now... The closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so today we're going to look at a trade in volatility and kind of piggybacking off of this theme of the market possibly crashing and, and implied volatility going really high. We've actually seen just recently a pretty good move down in the market. The market's had a little bit of a mini correction here. Stocks have been down 5 6% or so. And so as a result, we've seen an uptick in most of our implied volatility indicators. Namely, we've seen a rise in the VIX, VIX, and a ETF that we trade, which is also VXX, uh, which is an, uh, an ETF that's short VIX um, futures. So that ETF is the one that we want to focus on for today's closing bell segment. And the way that we want to trade these and the way that we've been profitable trading these over the last couple of years is that when implied volatility goes high and these things spike, we want to trade the reversion back to a lower, more normalized volatility market. So we know when implied volatility spikes, eventually it's just a matter of time. It's got to come back down. Things have to normalize. It, it's just what happens. And so this is a really high probability setup when VXX and VIX spike higher. You actually trade them bearish, assuming that implied volatility will go down in the future. So these are more of pure plays on volatility, and they're a really good way to play the market after a quick little decline like this or a quick little correction. So with VXX, we're actually looking at the February options right now. And the February options at the 25% probability of success level, meaning that, or probability of being in the money level, meaning that we've got about a 75% chance of success on this trade, are currently pricing pretty good return on our investment. So if we sell a spread, just a $1 spread at that level, which is about the 39.40 strike, we're looking at about a 15% return on our money. So it's a really good trade, a very high probability setup. We could sell the 39 strike calls, buy the 40 strike calls. We've got about a 75% chance that those options are gonna be out of the money. 
And in doing so, selling that spread and covering the margin for that trade, we're looking at about a 15% return on our money. So pretty good return on our money. It's about 45 days out at the time of this recording. So uh, it's far enough out that we're using our capital wisely for about a month and a half, but not too far out that we're just, you know, taking a bet that's, you know, three months out or six months out, whatever the case is. So this has usually been a really good trade for us. We're going to do this one a little bit more aggressive. We've already sent out an alert for this to our members. Um, and so we're looking forward to seeing implied volatility kind of contract and come down and take advantage of possibly a little bit of fear in the market that's, you know, kind of bloating some option pricing VXX. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope that you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it you can apply right now to make you a smarter more profitable trader and investor. And as always, you can find additional comments and some of the stats from the case study that we did by going to the show notes page on optionalpha.com, which is optionalpha.com slash show 15. That's just the number 15, optionalpha.com slash show 15. And until next time, happy trading.